It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. And you are indeed locked on magic. Today is October 29th, 2020. My name is Philip Rosenreich. I'm the expert insight editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can follow me on Twitter at PhilipRR underscore OB. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we're going to talk a little bit about value and about where the Magic stand as far as the value they're getting for their contracts. It's a little bit of a complicated, uh, complicated discussion uh, trying to put, uh, trying to find a way to to translate statistics into some type of monetary value. Uh, so we'll talk briefly about it and and a formula that I found that gives us at least a window into what this world is like and 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 where where the magic might be deficient. We'll talk a little bit about all that and what it means for the magic moving forward. So this will be a, a fun episode, but maybe perhaps a little nerdy, maybe even a little too nerdy for me. But before we get into that, I do want to remind you all to check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. We're searching for download podcasts for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's podcasts covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. No matter what, te- no matter where it is, whether it's in the NBA, NFL, MLB, NHL, or College 2, there's a Locked On podcast for you. So just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, plus check out our national podcast like Locked On NBA for all your podcast needs. Download them wherever you download podcasts. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Today's episode is also brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Whenever I get into discussions about the Orlando Magic and their seeming lack of Room to make any free agent moves. I mean, let's let's be real. The Magic are only going to have enough room to use the mid level, the non taxpayer mid level exception this off season, uh, and so the so the prospects of making trades and or making moves to improve the team is is essentially down to trades and internal development. That was sort of the path last year, and and it does to some extent feel like the Magic are kind of stuck in that cycle once again. But the number one argument that I see for why the Magic need to kind of restart or reshuffle the deck is is a fairly simple statement, and and a factual one, but a fairly simple statement that deserves some debunking. There will be fans that come at me and say, the Magic have the fifth highest payroll in the league, and they're the seven or eight seed. Why? Why are the Magic paying this much for a team that's a seven or eight seed when it doesn't feel like they can move or advance up the chain? And my response to that is usually something of, you know, yes, that's that's true. And I think there's some fair criticism. And, and I've, I've often said that I think the Magic were 
some somewhat victims of their own success when it came to the Nikola Vucevic signing, but I didn't think that that was a mistake, nor do I think that that was a bad contract, as I will explain here coming up in just a moment. But essentially, it, it all comes down to people don't like the idea that the Magic are paying a lot for a team that doesn't have prospects to be uh, a championship contender. But using payroll as a raw number, just saying, oh, this team has the fifth highest payroll, they should be the fifth best team, that doesn't quite match with reality. In fact, I looked this up. I think this is very, very interesting. Of the top 10 teams in payroll, of the top end teams in payroll, I believe only three advanced out of the first round. That would be the Heat were one of them, the Clippers were another, and I think the Rockets were the other one. This is to say, yes, a high payroll does not necessarily equal playoff success. Does not necessarily mean you're getting out, and what's what the number's really important is whether you're paying the luxury tax or not. I agree completely, you should not pay the luxury tax unless you are a contending team. When the Magic went into the luxury tax for really the first time, in the late 2000s, after they went to the finals in 2009, that was because they were going all in. The price to pay for a championship was substantial, and the Magic were certainly willing to pay it. That's not the case now. The Magic are not near the are not really near the luxury tax, and they're not in a position where they're going to be paying a, a ton of money. But this is all to say then that. The Magic paying a high salary or high payroll isn't really the problem with this team. As I argued when I said that the Magic are on a similar rebuilding path as the Miami Heat or perhaps even the Toronto Raptors, what having all these high salaries do, and that's what Evan Fournier is making $17.5 million, Nikola Vucevic is at, 20, is at uh, $28 million, um, Jonathan uh, Aaron Gordon's at 19.9 million. Terrence Ross is 12.5. Those are really the big salaries on the team. Marco Fultz at 9.7 uh, on, on his rookie deal. Those are really the high salaries on the team. The idea then, like the Heat did, is to have big salaries that you can move to go get the big fish that ties the whole roster together. And it's what happens kind of underneath all that with improvement and, and play that matters. Some people have criticized me for saying that the Magic should stick with the 7 or 8 seed, and, I'm like, and, and, and my belief is, yes, they should, because that's how you get the big fish. That's how you put yourself in a position to make the trade. You look at what Daryl Morey did with the Houston Rockets. They never bottomed out. They stayed a 6 or 7 seed for a long time, even through the Tracy McGrady and Yao Ming injuries, and then when the James Harden opportunity came, they jumped on it. That's where the Magic are at. They're waiting for that opportunity. And so if they stay a 7 or 8 seed, as long as they stay competitive, their players should retain enough value to go out and make the big, splashy move. The, the flaw of my comparison to the Miami Heat is this. Miami is a premier free agent destination. That is a place players want to play regardless of how good the team is. There are only a few of those in the league. The Lakers are one. The Heat are probably one. Um, and, and really, that might be it. Maybe Dallas. Um, because of Cuban and, and, and what he provides his players. 
But even then, they've, they've struck out on a lot of big stars. Really, Miami and the Lakers are the only two, two organizations that I can think of off the top of my head right now that have consistently over the last decade been major players in free agency. The Rockets, perhaps. So again, what does cap room do? What does having salary cap room do if you're not one of these premier franchises? If you're not one of these franchises that can seemingly pluck and be involved in free agency at every turn. The Magic had cap room before. Remember, the Magic essentially traded Tobias Harris for cap room. And yes, that was a that was a silly strategic move because everyone was going to have cap room that summer. And so getting involved in a summer where everyone had the cap room to go sign Big Fish left the Magic with Bismack Biombo, DJ Augustine, and Jeff Green. That did not work out, to say the least. But what good is cap room if no one wants to come play for you. Seriously, if I mean, this isn't the summer to have cap room, but would the Magic be players for Victor Oladipo? Would the Magic be players for Giannis Antetokounmpo? Would the Magic be players for the real kind of free agents that are going to impact a team? No. Maybe the Magic could use could use some ca- enough cap room to go sign a guy at the Terrence Ross level, like a $12 million player. Someone maybe a great above mid-level exception that can, that can start for you. Then again... I mean, I know he didn't play great this year, but the Magic got Al Farouk Aminu for the mid-level exception. You can still get quality starter caliber players at that $9.5, $10 million price range. So again, the spot the Magic are in, at least in my opinion, in my estimation, paywall doesn't matter as long as you stay below the tax. Because yes, the Magic should not be paying the tax. Right now, the goal should be to position the, the team in a place to go out and make the big trade. That's where the Magic are at right now. The Magic are kind of waiting for that opportunity to arise. But as is always the case in the NBA and probably a little bit in life, you can't wait around for opportunities. You can't bank on something magically falling into your lap. That's why I'm so against tanking. Because tanking is essentially praying, is hoping and praying for something good to happen to you. You got to go out and make that opportunity yourself. You got to go out and know exactly who you're targeting and be able to go get that person. And in the trade market, it takes two to tango. And that's where the Magic's problem is. The Magic need to remain competitive. They need to remain in the playoff hunt. They need to remain a winning franchise. And I guess I know 33 and 40 is not a winning franchise. And that's where 2020 failed. That's where the Magic did not succeed in 2020. The Magic didn't succeed in 2020 because key players that needed to continue to increase their value, that needed to continue to play well, took some steps back. And in the perception of the league, perhaps, the Magic did not get the value for what they paid for. And that would make trading and getting that star and being in the position to go out and grab the player that ties this whole thing together all that more difficult. I'll dive into a little bit of the numbers and a little bit of the methodology of how we determine value coming up here in just a moment. But first, let me tell you a little bit more about rockauto.com. Our cars are our lifeline, really. I mean, to get anywhere, especially here in Central Florida, you need your car and you need to make sure that it is in tip-top shape. Going to If you're someone who works on the car, your car yourself, going to the auto dealership or going to the auto parts store can be a confusing mess. You don't know if they have the parts that you want. You don't know if they're 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 giving you the wrong price. You don't know 
you don't know exactly what you're getting all the time. And that's why rockauto.com is the place to go if you're someone that takes care of your car yourself. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything you need from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming. Or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So, switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. So let's talk a little bit about value and, and, and dive in a little bit into how to, to, to find a way to translate statistical measures, which again are all imperfect and, and this, this methodology is going to be imperfect too, into a monetary value and, and determine just how much value the Magic are getting for their players. About five years ago, so yes, a long time ago, um, I, I came across a, an article by Nylon Calculus that tried to do that just that. By using, um, by using the salary cap, dividing it by 41, essentially 41 wins is a 500 record, uh, and then using victories over replacement players calculated by basketball reference, they found a way to at least estimate market value for, for a player. Essentially saying, how much above or below the average player are you? And how much of that translates into contributing to a 500 team? Not even a winning team, a 500 team. Naturally, teams that are above 500 will perform a lot better than this. And the Magic at 33 and 40 did not have the greatest year. But it still gives us at least a snapshot into value, into figuring out how much the Magic are getting for their buck, especially from their best players. And I think that is really the best place to focus. A lot of criticism has been levied at Nikola Vucevic. The Magic gave him a four-year, $100 million contract, front-loaded, and he did not have the same kind of all-star year that he had in 2019. He played all right, and I think after the injury, after he overcame the injury in December and got into better rhythm in January, I think he did reach his all-star level. He wasn't consistent enough, He was especially early in the year, to make the all-star team, but he was still obviously a very valuable player, and obviously we saw in the playoffs how much he could step his game up. Um, certainly, the Bucks 
helped a little bit with that, with their strategy against him, as, as, a, as opposed to the Raptors, which who would certainly be a little bit more aggressive and fiscal with them. But that's neither here nor there. At the end of the day, Nikola Vucevic had a, v, a VORP, a VORP, of 3.1, the best on the team. And according to this formula, would give him a market value of $27.6 million. Now, that's not the $28 million he made, but only slightly less. And with his contract now declining, if Vucevic has the same year that he had this year, next year, if Vucevic matches his 2020 output in 2021, he will be an above-market player. He will have given the Magic more than they're paying him, essentially. So I, I don't think Nikola Vucevic had a bad year, necessarily. I think he had some struggles early on and the injuries hurt. But I think Nikola Vucevic largely produced how the Magic expected him to. And I think the Magic believe that certainly he is still a vital piece of the team. And, and there's certainly an argument to be made that now might be the time to trade him because his market value will probably never be higher. Uh, especially coming up after that playoffs. The issue then for the Magic is not necessarily with Nikola Vucevic. The issue then is twofold. One, their top players outside of Nikola Vucevic did not have fantastic seasons or did not produce in, in this formula enough to say that, okay, these guys are playing above their value. In fact, according to my calculations, only three players on the Magic played above their market value. One was Jonathan Isaac on a rookie contract, certainly had a fantastic season before his injury, so could have been more. Michael Carter-Williams, essentially playing on a on a minimum salary or just above minimum salary, had a fantastic season for Orlando off the bench. And Gary Clark, who is, again, playing on a minimum salary. So the Magic got value for their minimum salaries, it seems, but not a lot anywhere else. And again, Forp is certainly a certainly flawed, and, and I, would, I would admit that the formula that I'm using is probably a little bit flawed too, but it, it, it gives us a snapshot into what, what what this team is and where this team is at as far as the as this discussion goes. So I, I think it's instructive here. So the Magic's problem is twofold, and I want to talk about both of them here on this show. The first is the Magic's top-end stars did not perform at the highest level that they needed to. Nikola Vucevic was slightly below market. And honestly, like because the formula is so imperfect, I would say the Magic got their money's worth with Nikola Vucevic. I, I, I don't have a problem with how Nikola Vucevic played this year. Evan Fournier, on the other hand, despite a career season on raw statistics, only had a 1.6 FORP, giving him a market value of $15.5 million. Again, about a million and a half below his market value, his salary of $17 million. Did the Magic get all they could out of Evan Fournier then? That is a real question. And certainly the Magic got a lot of shooting and got a lot of scoring out of Evan Fournier. But the question with Evan Fournier has always been, well, what else has he given you? He's not a good enough scorer. He's not a good enough shooter to make up his entire value based on that. So if there's an argument that the Magic should move on from Evan Fournier, that's, it's this. They've gotten peak Evan Fournier, and it still didn't quite seem like enough. The big loser here, though, is Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon on a $19.9 million salary had just 1.0 VORP, giving him a market value of $10.6 million. The Magic did not get the most of Aaron Gordon this entire season. Maybe toward the end of the season when, when he was healthy and he started playing and, and being a little bit more diverse with his game, maybe the value that the Magic really want is, is in that, but 
this season was a huge disappointment for Aaron Gordon. He did not take the step forward. And certainly, we've all talked about it. It's been at the front of everyone's mind. The Magic are probably in the market to trade Aaron Gordon. They reportedly aggressively shopped him uh, at the trade deadline in February, and I don't imagine that has changed. Orlando knows that that day of reckoning is coming, that Jonathan Isaac is the future at the power forward position. They've got Chuma Okiki, who they really like. And Gordon's time might be running down a little bit. And so not getting any value or not getting substantially close to their market value on Aaron Gordon hurt this team dramatically. So at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I mean, all this stuff is really, really simple. I, I, I mean, we've come up with all these complicated math things to put to put numbers on things, but frankly, this is all very, 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 very simple. If you have better players, if, you, if your best players are playing better, your team will do better. If you want to know why the Magic struggled so much this year, injuries played a role, no doubt. But you want to know why the Magic struggled so much this year, Nikola Vucevic repeated his all-star performance. Evan Fournier had a career season by raw counting stats, but the other elements of his game did not come through. And most importantly, Aaron Gordon did not play well. The Magic's three captains then. One played to, to standard, another played roughly to standard, and another failed to meet expectations and failed to meet what the Magic needed from him completely. That's seven. That's 33 and 40 right there. That is why the Magic struggled and stagnated so much. So much of what the Magic are doing relies on internal growth. And it's not just about the young guys who we will get to here in just a second. It's about the best players. The Magic's best players did not take the leap up with the team. You know, Steve Clifford said it, um, I believe on our line of Magic Pod Squad, that, you know, Nikola Vucevic showed in the playoffs what kind of player he can be. He proved that he could take his game up to another level. But now, now the now the question is, can you bring that playoff level to the regular season? Can you do that every night and carry your team and, and lift your team up in the way that he lifted a, a very undermanned Magic team that, frankly, should have been swept? And frankly, probably had no business even competing in, in one of those games against Milwaukee. Milwaukee was the far better team. And Nikola Vucevic kept them in that series. Gave them a chance. Gave them a fighting chance in Game 4. And again, Clifford's right. I, I agree with him on this. Game 3 was really the only game where the Magic let go of the rope that entire series. They, they, they had a chance. They just didn't have enough horses, so to speak, to get to the finish line. And that's where the Magic are at right now. The Magic, in order to grow, in order to, again, to, to be in position to make that trade that ties the whole thing together, in order to do that, they need their best players to continue growing and improving and playing at a high level. And that simply didn't happen this year. This year, the Magic didn't get that. Their best players stagnated just as much as the team. And that's why the Magic are in the position they're in. That's why the Magic are not in a position to go after the big fish, to go after the star. That's why, I mean, Victor Oladipo probably wouldn't be the guy the Magic would chase after because he's of his contract situation. But if the Magic want to be a location that future free agents or disgruntled players are thinking, maybe that's a place I can win, they need to win first. They need to show that they have players in position to help that player win when they arrive. And this is the central problem for the Magic. And perhaps the reason why the Magic should maybe take a step back or trade some of these players uh, to, to bring in a, kind of some a, a new lineup or, or refresh the lineup a little bit and see if that mix can push this team forward or if not push this team forward, be, a, be like a year pause to, to, to replenish the draft pool and, and then move forward from there. 
That was the failure of the season. It wasn't that the Magic didn't miss the playoffs or, or made the playoffs. That wasn't the failure. The, the, the failure wasn't even that the Magic climb, didn't climb out of the 7-8 ringer. The failure is that the Magic just didn't look like they improved. They stagnated. And that's left the Magic in a very tricky situation. Now, again, I still think the Magic are in a position where they can be aggressive and assertive with the kind of deals they look for. I, I don't think that they're under pressure. Certainly, management, I don't think, is under pressure um, of losing their jobs at all. I think Weltman is very safe. I think the Magic are very happy with the job Weltman has done. But at the end of the day, what matters and what determines where you go next is what happens on the floor. And the Magic didn't have a great outcome on the floor this year. The other problem is a problem that we've talked about before too, and that's with draft picks, with rookies, with the guys that Jeff Weltman has added that are young. The kind of cheap contracts that boost you beyond really boost you, really take you beyond what you can do. And this is where the Magic are also in a difficult bind. We'll talk about those rookie contract players here in just a moment. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. So this gets into our second problem with the Orlando Magic when it comes to value. When it comes to getting the most out of their team and taking that step forward. You look at teams like the Miami Heat and, and the Toronto Raptors, the two, the two teams that I've essentially I've said that the Magic are essentially modeling themselves after. And the big thing that they both have that's so vital to their success and really just their long-term success over the last five, six, seven years has been their ability to find rookie players that contribute at a high level. The easiest and most valuable contracts in the NBA are rookie contracts. They're artificially low, and teams that get rookies, uh, players on rookie contracts who can contribute meaningful roles to their teams often, often have guys that outperform their contracts. The teams that are set up for success, essentially, and again, I, I, I always tell people this, the draft is not about what you can do your rookie year. It's about what you can do five years and really by the end of your rookie contract. The teams that are really in successful positions are the ones who draft rookies who become stars very quickly. Yes, Luka Doncic, Trey Young are among them. And can add pieces and add players at high salaries to their rosters before the rookie extension kicks in. Look at the Boston Celtics. They were able to add Kemba Walker and Gordon Hayward because Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown were all on rookie contracts. Their bill hasn't come due. And again, like I said, you should only be paying the luxury tax if you're if you're uh, competing for a championship. So Boston certainly should be thinking, Boston certainly shouldn't mind paying the luxury tax at this point. On the Magic then, the, the, rookie, the guys on rookie contracts are certainly a major question mark. 
Jonathan Isaac obviously had a fantastic season, except for the injuries. And yes, he did outperform his contract. But you look at guys like Markel Fultz, who was being pegged like the number one pick, but essentially not yet playing like one. Uh, you know, find, figuring out what to pay Markel Fultz when his rookie extension is up at the end of the 2021 season is going to be one of the most difficult and most important decisions that the Magic make. If they're truly invested in Markel Fultz, they're going to have to pay up front for that investment and commit to him with really just two years of work to base things off of. Now, I, I think that Markel Fultz is a special situation. I think that he is he was essentially going through his rookie year this year. And, you know, we all looked at him and was, were very impressed, although he still only averaged like 12 points per game. And, and this summer and this offseason is really Markel Fultz's freshman to sophomore year. And, and you usually see pretty big leaps from freshman to sophomore year, from first year to second year among players. So the jury is still out on Markel Fultz. But figuring out what to pay him is going to be extremely difficult. And I, I think the Magic will tell Fultz and his representatives, let's see what you do this year, and then we'll talk about an extension and, and a new contract at the end of the season. Jonathan Isaac, on the other hand, I think the Magic have seen what they need to see. I, I do think that the Magic will try and get an extension done with him. I imagine it'll be somewhere in the 15 to $18 million per year range, is, is what I would think. The Magic will want to show Isaac that they're committed to him, um, unless they don't believe in him, which I don't imagine why they would. Mo Bamba, too, has struggled tremendously. Mo Bamba being paid like the six pick, so not a huge salary by any means. He doesn't have much to overcome to be worth his contract. But yes, Bamba has had his struggles. He's struggled to stay a little bit on the court, and he's struggled to kind of get up to NBA speed and get up to NBA strength, and Yes, even though I am a big fan of Obama, it's hard to say that he has performed to his contract level. And, you know, there, there's a reason why Obama is already involved in trade rumors. I don't think, I think it's too early to give up on Bamba. I think that Bamba had a fantastic season. I thought he showed tremendous growth. And centers take a little bit longer to develop than, than smaller guys. And, you know, I thought the strength work that he did was clearly noticeable. Um, even, even though he was, his conditioning wasn't there in the bubble. You could definitely tell that it was a lot harder to move him around, and I think that will make him better. And, uh, you know, I think once he overcame the full extent of that leg injury, he was playing significantly better and understanding what he needs to do more. And, and I think that provided Bamba, you know, has been able to work out and able to work on some skills this offseason as he, as he recovers from COVID, um, I, I think that Bamba is certainly due for a, a, not a breakout year, but a year where the Magic really have to start asking themselves the question, is he ready to start? Are we ready to make that commitment? I don't think the Magic are there yet, and so I'm a little bit more skeptical about Nikola Vucevic trade ideas right now because I don't think the Magic will trade Vucevic until they feel that Bamba is ready to start. That's just me, though. But undoubtedly, you look at the numbers, you look at, at everything else, Bamba did not live up to his contract or did not live up to his contract amount. To say the least, these are the keys these are the key players that have to succeed. The Magic need these players, these young players, you know, Chumo Kiki's going to be thrown in there and the 15th pick will be thrown in there. To, to do the path that the Magic are doing, they need these young players to perform to levels and beyond. They need to get more value from these rookie contract players than anywhere else because, again, rookie contracts are artificially low you, get, you should get more for your buck. Not getting rookie contracts to perform up to their even their salary level, as deflated as it is, is a huge problem. That, that, that is 
the central thing, one of the more central things that the Magic have to make sure they do is to get more value out of their draft picks, to get more production out of their draft picks, to find roles that allow their draft picks to succeed and thrive. It is vital to the team's success. Just, just plain and simple. It is vital. It is the essential to this whole, whole project. You look at the Raptors. They got guys like OG Ananobi, Norman Powell taken late in the first round that contribute to their team. They find guys in the G League like Terrence Davis and, and uh, you know, they, they find guys. Pascal Siakam is a great example of that. Someone that they were patient with and developed into one of their stars. The Miami Heat got big production from Tyler Hero in the playoffs. They got big production from Bam Adebayo, who's now an all-star off his rookie contract. These are guys, these are these are players and these are these are guys that give you so much for so little. And if you're a team that is cash strapped or cap strapped like the Magic are, this kind of value is irreplaceable. And it's an area where the Magic have to do better, frankly. It is a huge area where the Magic have to do better. And so the conclusion of all this then is to say the Magic took a step back this year because they're not in a position to make the big trade. That's, that's the frankness of it. The 2020 season was a step back because the Magic are not in that position to make a big trade. If they're anything, they're sellers at the trade deadline. They'll be looking to get you know, cents on the dollar for Nikola Vucevic or Aaron Gordon or whoever, whoever they trade for because, frankly, their market value is lower than their salary amount right now. The Magic are not in a, posi- you know, the Magic are in a position where they'll have to take a little bit of a risk. Most people have said, you know, maybe trade up in this draft. You know, certainly that is an option, but that is a risk. Certainly a low-level one because, again, rookie contracts can, can far exceed value very quickly. But the Magic need to get, the Magic more than anything else, need to get the players on their team to play better. Why am I so, uh, so obsessed or why am I so, um, so determined to say that the Magic need to continue to push for the playoffs and continue to, to, to be in the playoff hunt? It is for this reason. The Magic are not getting free agents anytime soon. And barring lottery luck, which no one should ever depend on fully as a strategy, the Magic are not going to get a star that way. They either got to find one in the draft wherever they're picking or whoever they're trading up to, or they got to go trade for one. And the only way they're going to do that, and frankly, the only way they'd be able to trade up in the draft too, is if their players match their value. Playing better in the regular season, even if it means just sneaking into the playoffs or just making the playoffs, helps this team grow. Establishes again that this team is a winning franchise and a winning culture, a place that players want to play. I think the Magic are gaining that reputation, but it still needs to be built. And I think the Magic can be players for a major trade if they show the right patience and players on the court grow in the way that they need to. And that's where 2020 certainly fell short. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. You, of course, follow us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Sit your tune in Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. And, of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossman Reich. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. Prime members. 
you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.